friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Cricket Stitch Chings. My name is Lauren, and I'm glad you're back for another week of episodes. Um, today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about something that I get asked about a lot, and I'm not necessarily an expert in, but I'm going to offer the tips that I have here in the experience that I have, which is about two years worth of experience, and that is hiring help for your Etsy shop or your product-based businesses. So we're going to go through a few ways to know if you're ready, both as a boss and also if your business is ready and you're kind of prepared and um, capable, but also like mentally prepared to take on the work of hiring someone and kind of things for you to consider if you are looking to go get down this road. I do, like I said, get asked this question a lot um, because people think that that's always kind of the next step. Okay, I'm really busy now and so I should hire someone to help. And I do think that it is a great way of moving forward in your business and knowing that you can have someone else be a part of the day-to-day work of your business without it all falling on you. However, um, it is not a be-all, end-all solution to all of your problems <laughs> um, of balancing your work and also just of being able to manage everything that you're doing. So I, as you all know, if you've listened to the podcast before, started my Etsy shop in 2012. It was not until... 2017 that I really like scaled up my shop and hit the six-figure mark and all of that. Um, And then I spent several years there like really um, growing the shop kind of with some direction, but also working a lot of hours. There was definitely a time period. I can remember Uh, I think it was around the fall of 2017 where the shop just really started to grow and my work hours also really started to grow. And so, um, but however, (laughs) even though that was true, um, I did spend quite a bit of time just working more and more and more hours and I did not hire my first employee until January of 2020. So just about two years ago, not quite two years ago, Um, I hired my first employee and then I hired the second employee in January of 2021. So my advice here is the kind of the title of the podcast or the framework of the podcast is three ways to know if you're ready to hire an employee in your business. And I have some things that I want you to think about if you are looking to take on some help or kind of dabbling mentally in the idea of hiring somebody. The first one is that you have the margins in your life and in your business to train someone. It is almost impossible that um, you would be able to find somebody that already has the skill set that you're looking for. They know exactly what you want and you don't have to do any training. You're always going to have to train somebody. There's always going to be a learning period when you take on someone new 
and sort of a decline in productivity in the beginning part of having somebody. Working with an employee is never going to be as quick as just doing it yourself. And I got stuck. This is not a discouragement to hiring somebody. It's just something to think about. So I got stuck for a while where I was so busy in my shop that I didn't have the time to take a step back and train somebody else knowing that that training process was going to take a little while and that my productivity in that time frame that I'm trying to train somebody else to do it is going to decline. So it was like I was I was too busy to even be able to take the time to work with somebody else. Um, and another part of that is that the efficiency, someone else's efficiency in your business is also going to be different. This is still true. Um, it's been true with every employee that I've worked with. And I think that it will be true for anybody that I work with. I am going to be more efficient in my business than someone else is going to be. I am more invested in being as efficient as possible as somebody that I'm, or I, I'm more invested in that process than somebody that I'm paying by the hour to work for me. So, um, you know, that other person that I'm taking on to work inside my business or to work on one part of my business is simply not going to care about it as much as I do. And that's not a criticism of the employees I had, have had, and it's not a criticism of anyone I hire in the future. It's just a simple statement as an employee of a business, you don't care about the business as much as the person who founded it. Of course, it's your baby as the founder of the business, and it's not. Somebody else doesn't have that same emotional attachment to it and that same you know, striving for growth or striving for productivity. That being said, you can find employees who do great work and are conscientious about what they're doing, the quality of what they're producing, the um, productivity, you know, and their efficiency in doing it. And I don't want you to feel like no one will ever care because I also got caught in that mental trap for a little bit. It's kind of like goes both ways Um, that you know, this is my baby and nobody's ever going to care about it as much as I do. That's true. Nobody will ever be as emotionally invested in it as I am. But that doesn't mean that you don't have employees that care about producing good quality work and that care about being a good employee. And, you know, they care about the craftsmanship and they are um, just conscientious about what they're doing and that they're willing to put in that hard work and um, they're willing to produce what you want them to produce. So I don't want you to feel like it's impossible to find anyone that will care or that will work for you. The second part of making sure that you have that margin to train someone is that you want to make sure that you have systems in place and the time set aside that you're not going to be totally overwhelmed by having to take that time out of your schedule to train somebody else. So let's say you have kids that are in preschool and you only have two and a half hours a day before you have to go pick them up from preschool and you have two and a half hours per day or more of work already to do. It's going to be very difficult then to take the time out of your schedule and out of kind of the flow that you have going on already and spend that time training someone else. Even though ultimately it will increase your productivity or it should increase your productivity, you still have to take into account that there will be 
you know, depending on the complexity of what you're doing in my business, it's it's fairly simple. It's not super complex. So I have found that it's about two to three weeks of training someone before they're able to do it on their own. And then it's probably solidly another three or four weeks before they're really into a groove of something that is picking up the slack that I'm wanting them to, you know, that they are efficient enough that I don't feel like I have to kind of hold their hand while they're doing things. But you want to make sure, because it can be time consuming to train someone, that your business is not going to be falling behind in the time that you're using to work with somebody else and to train them to come on and take over some of this stuff. Number two thing to think about if you are looking at hiring an employee or thinking about hiring someone to help you is that you have to understand that you are trading one problem for another problem. Now, again, this sounds really negative. It's really not. I have had great employees and who have helped me a ton, taken a ton of stress off of me. However, when I first started into kind of the idea of hiring an employer, I, I first went down this road. I think that in my mind, I really thought that I could bring someone on, I'll train them how to do this, and then I kind of can just dump everything on them and walk away. Um, and I had this idea that I would be able to turn everything over to someone else and let them just run with it. Now, I will accept full responsibility to the fact that it very well could be, in fact, I think it's 100% true, that I could find that person, that I could dump everything on them and um, just let them run it for me. However, in hiring someone, what I found out about myself is that I am a little bit of a micromanager. And I need to emotionally have oversight in the business and sort of have my hand on everything. Now, that is totally, like I said, a me problem. Um, That is not a reflection of the ability of my employee. It is um, something that I found out about myself in hiring an employee is that I don't really feel comfortable turning it all over to somebody else. And so that's a good thing to know about myself. And moving forward in hiring somebody new, Um, I can definitely know that about myself and cater the role that I'm hiring for a little bit more to what I actually feel comfortable with or what I actually need rather than kind of giving the impression that I'm hiring somebody to have a little bit more of hands on all of the parts of my business. And then ultimately, I don't really feel comfortable with that. What I found in the way that I did it or what I ended up being able to turn over to people is that rather than doing the actual work myself, I was I hired an employee to do the monogramming for me in my business. So what I ended up finding out in hiring someone and um, knowing that about myself that I, I did want to be able to continue to have a hand on all of the things is that rather than doing the monogramming myself, I was doing a, I was doing a lot of micromanaging, which I'm sure was frustrating to my employee, but I was not just turning over everything. I was still I wasn't doing the grunt work of the actual monograms, but I was still doing all of the customer service. I was still doing all of the shipping. I was still laying out all of the monograms because I felt the most comfortable doing that. Again, I don't necessarily know that it had to be that way. 
I think that I very well could have turned it more over to her and she would have been capable of doing that. But that was kind of where I was at the time. This employee doesn't work for me anymore. She ended up needing more hours. Um, but, you know, I think in retrospect, I sh probably should have turned more over to her. But at the time, I didn't. And so I ended up feeling like it was still very helpful for me to have her do the monogramming aspect of things because that is really time consuming and I can't really make it go faster. But it didn't take everything off my plate. It didn't take even as much off my plate as I thought it was going to. Um, and that moving forward in hiring someone again, I would know more about my comfort level and also perhaps try to push myself a little bit farther out of that comfort zone to give someone a little bit more responsibility. I have learned over the past two years of having uh, an employee that being a boss isn't necessarily something that comes naturally for me or I, I would assume for other people as well. I'm not a natural boss. I've never been in that role in a job outside of my own business. Um, I was never, <laughs> I never worked another job long enough to be in charge of anybody really. Um, and so that's not something that I have training in. And it was very much like trial by fire. I found out over the, the two years of having employees that I um, tend to be a little bit too friendly and a little bit too casual and to set expectations and then stick to those expectations or correct issues that I run into head on because I tend to approach people kind of like a friend or a peer um, it, rather than, you know, I'm hiring you for this one narrow thing that I need help with. And so I need you to do this, you know, the way that I'm asking you to do it. So just thinking through, again, the process of hiring, what comes with it, it could be good and everything works out great and life is grand. It also can not be good and it ends up a little bit awkward. And are you ready and willing to deal with that and to take that authority and establish your position as the boss of this business and someone that you're dealing with um, as an employee, not a friend? It's kind of a different thing. And it's not really something that I spent a lot of time thinking about before I hired help. Thankfully for me, I did shy away from hiring friends because I did know at least that I didn't really feel comfortable being in that position with someone that I'm friends with. So both of the employees that I've had were strangers before they started working to me with me. But I think that that ended up working out better because it did allow me to have some uh, boundaries, I guess, between my work relationship and then personal friendships. I think that much like anything else in life, working with friends can be good and it can be bad. Um, and it's definitely a risk that you are taking. So I don't know if you've never been a boss before. You don't really know what you're doing. You're figuring it out as you go and you're not really sure how it's going to go for you. I think that I would probably recommend that you um, do not hire a friend because it can end up to be a situation where it's hard to deal with your friend in that capacity and you don't want to ruin the relationship. But, you know, if you're not happy with them or, you know, it just can get weird. <laughs> um, and doing business with friends can always be a risk. So that is something definitely to think about. Same with family. 
The last thing that I really want you to think through when you're thinking about hiring an employee or thinking about hiring someone to help you in a certain role is for you to really think through your profits and your revenue in your business and understand your obligation as the employer um, in this business and the employer of this employee that you're hiring. Financially, are you in a place that this works for your business? Do you have profit margins that not only support paying someone the wages that you would pay them hourly or by project or whatever, but then also have profits on top of that that you're still going to be making money? If, If you're selling something in your business and the only profits that you're making in your business go to pay your employee, well, then it's not really going to be worth it because you're not going to be bringing home any money and you are still going to have to deal with this whole, you know, business. Um, So the other part of it is, do you understand your obligation as the employer in the business? I would highly recommend that you talk with a CPA uh, in your local area, in your state, so that you can understand your obligation and also understand kind of how to do it. That was something that held me back for a long time, was not understanding even really how to pay someone or what I needed to do to um, move forward with that. Several years ago, my CPA and I decided to change my business from a sole proprietorship to an S-corp, and with that, I had to pay myself as an employee of the business. And so uh, doing that and getting comfortable paying myself as an employee also helped me to be comfortable paying somebody else as an employee because it's kind of the same process. I use Patriot software for my payroll stuff. Um, If you go to laurenkeplinger.com forward slash Patriot, you can get a free 30-day trial for that. That is an affiliate link, but you do get a free 30-day trial. I have used Patriot software for over two years. Um, I find it to be fairly reasonably priced and really easy to set up. And then I also can send those reports to my CPA at the end of the year to do taxes and all of that. But it is the software that will help you to pay um, the unemployment taxes and your you know regular taxes that have to be taken out, social security, all of that stuff. So kind of all of those things where people say, well, if you're self-employed, you have to do all of these X, Y, and Z extra steps. And you're like, I don't even know where to start with that. Well, that's what that program does. It helps you. You can also use it with your CPA together to you know keep track of your finances better. The other part of that that I use Patriot software for as well is that it can allow you to pay contractors. So a lot of times when people start talking about hiring an employee, they have a conversation about whether to hire them as an employee or a contractor in your business. And a lot of advice on the internet makes it sound like this is totally your choice. If you want to hire somebody as an employee, then you pay the taxes and all of that. If you want to hire somebody as a contractor, then you don't have to deal with all of it. And so obviously it sounds a lot easier to pay somebody as a contractor, and it is. However, there are pretty stringent stipulations set by the government about how you have to classify someone, and it's not a matter of you just choosing how you want to pay them. Sometimes it is, but it's not always. So again, this is something that you really need to either understand it very clearly yourself or talk with someone who does understand it um, because you don't just get to say like, I need you to work 
eight to three in my office every single day, but I'm going to pay you as a contractor because I don't feel like paying, taking care of the taxes. It's not, doesn't quite go like that. However, in thinking through if you want to hire somebody, one thing to think about is how you could potentially outsource certain parts of your business without taking on an employee. So for instance, in my business, in hiring someone to do the actual monogramming for me in my office with my equipment at certain hours of the day, I was hiring an employee and I paid the employer taxes and I did all of that. However, if there are parts of your business that you want to outsource and you are able to be more flexible. And um, again, you really need to check on these stipulations yourself because I am not a professional. I am not a lawyer. (laughs) Um, I do not do employment law, but um, my understanding is if you outsource things more on like a project basis and things like that, you can outsource parts of your business that could potentially be paid to a contractor, particularly if they're working you know, from home on their terms and all of that, things like being a social, uh, having social media, like a social media manager or doing photography for you. Or if you wanted to bring somebody in, but you didn't feel like you had enough hours for them to um, be like a part-time employee for you, maybe you can hire a high schooler to do some packaging for you. Or maybe you can hire someone to do this one fairly narrow part of your business. You know, maybe if you make wood signs, you can have somebody that that sands the wood down for you or something where if you feel like, because I know that it feels overwhelming sometimes to turn over the artistic part of it or the creative part of it to someone else, and you may not want to turn that part over to someone but you could potentially still bring someone on to help you with a narrow portion of the production of what you're making that can still allow you to focus on the part where you really shine. Maybe that is the creative part where somebody else is not going to be able to do that exactly the same as you can, but they can take over this other smaller piece of something that will help you to be more efficient and help you to streamline your systems that you have set up in your business. I actually did this, the the first time I ever brought anyone on to help me with anything was when I got really, really busy in the fall of, I think it was 2017, and my mom came in and helped me package things. And like, I sat down with her for like an hour. I showed her how to print off labels. I showed her how to package things up. And she did all of that for me. Obviously, she was not an employee or a contractor. She was just helping me out. But, um, you know, you could potentially bring, especially around the holidays or if you have a busy season that's not Christmas or, you know, if you just have a seasonality to something and you say, I just need, uh, you know, a high school kid to come over for an hour a day after school and help me with this one thing. Um, And it doesn't have to be that you're taking on the whole process of hiring an employee and figuring all of that out. Think a little bit smaller to start off with, but also know that in my experience, much much like a lot of parts of running a business, 
it feels very intimidating and it feels kind of overwhelming to think about hiring an employee and being responsible for payroll and all of these things. But when you actually get into the weeds of it, it's not nearly as difficult and overwhelming as I originally thought. It felt a lot more manageable once I talked with my CPA and I had a good grasp of how I was going to do this and what the role was for that person. I hope that this is helpful for you. If you are looking to grow your business through hiring someone, I hope that this has given you some things to think about to know if you're ready to take that step or things to think about and process through for yourself before you really jump in headfirst with dealing with somebody else and trying to train them in your business. As always, I would love to connect with you. The best way to do that is on Instagram. Shoot me a DM if you have questions or you want to continue this conversation about hiring help and how it can help to grow your business. Lauren.Keplinger is my Instagram name, and I would love to talk to you there. I will see you next week back here on the podcast. Same time, same place. Bye for now.